from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for September 16th, 2010 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Julie Martin, Teresa Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Back in the peanut gallery, Walter Eccles and Heather Weil. Hi, Heather. Um, we are going to be reading your emails and playing your voicemails on this week's show. So let me do my usual spiel. If you have an email you would like to send us to ask us a question, make a comment on the show, uh, correct us on something that we said that was incorrect, the email address is podcast at wdwinfo.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, toll free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 9662 the local number 407 Five seven four five zero nine three. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you will get your choice of a Diz Unplugged T-shirt or a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard set. And once a month, we select one person whose email or voicemail was played on the show, and that person gets a chance to pick a number, one through fifty, and each number corresponds to a different prize. That could be anything from. $25 gift certificate all the way up to, I think the big prizes right now are uh, iPads. We have some iPads in there nice. that have not been won. So with that out of the way, we will go ahead and get started with our first voicemail that comes to us from Andy Jackson uh, regarding a uh, an email or a voicemail we played on the show a few weeks ago about where to watch football when you are in uh, Walt Disney World. And here's Andy. I'm not sure on the volume on this guy, so get ready to pull your... Hello, podcast team. It's Andy Jackson, a.k.a. Fishy Rocket Boy, on the boards and around the uh, interwebs. Uh, this is in response to John Gibson's message on the last voicemail, email, video, whatever type of media event uh, show. Uh, he was asking about places in the boardwalk area other than the ESPN club to go watch a football game, Monday Night Football. And I would recommend that he checks out the Big River Brewing uh, Company, which is right down there on the boardwalk. So he'll be able to walk, not have to go off property and have beverages and find their way back, and especially if they don't have a, um, a car or have to take a taxi, obviously, if they're drinking beverages. Um, they have a relatively small bar area down there, a relatively small bar, a couple of flat-screen TVs. Uh, they do have seating in the bar area where you can uh, see the TVs from. Um, he asked about beverages, so they do brew their own beer, their own property, and they have actually several pretty good beers. Uh, food is reasonable, not great, but if you stick with uh, sandwiches, hamburgers, appetizers, it's actually pretty good. Um, so what I would recommend that he try is to go ahead and make a reservation there for maybe an hour or so, half hour before the game starts. Show up a little early, request to be seated in the bar area, and if there's actually seats at the uh, physical bar, I would take those up there. But um, it, it's a fun place, much lower key than ESPN Club. 
Uh, going to be much quieter unless you have a lot of fans, obviously, of those teams there sitting there. Um, I and a friend, a friend of mine, and I watched the Alabama-Florida game there last year and had a great time, especially since uh, Alabama won. But uh, I would uh, recommend that he uh, gives that a shot instead of the ESPN club or maybe going uh, off of property. All right, guys, uh, look forward to the next show. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, well, thank you, uh, Doug, for that. Andy. Or Andy, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the next one. That's uh, a great recommendation. I mean, it's a, is. it is a good place. Corey and I enjoy eating there. Um, the Sweet Magnolia Brown would be their winter seasonal. It's a great beer. It's nice and dark. Um, but he is right. If you're not there early enough, there may not be a spot at the bar for yeah. you to sit. I, I like the Big River Grill. We um, normally sit outside. Certainly, never watched a football game there, or pretty much anywhere. <laughs> but. Uh, I appreciate the uh, I, I appreciate the feedback on that, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Andy, thank you very much for that. Who has an email they would like to read? Oh, Teresa's just right up on the mic. I'm ready. It must be about her. <laughs> this is from Kirsten in Naples, Florida. Hi, Teresa. Oh. <laughs> How'd you see that one coming, John? Hello. I wanted to send you some info on the Disney collector packs you were talking about on the last show. That's the little. Packs that Teresa was hoping you were actually going to send her the collector packs, but okay. <laughs> but she gave me a good idea. My son, who is autistic, has collected these for a long time. I know all about feeling the pack, trying to find a specific one. We did this just the other day, still, and I did. But at Once Upon a Toy Store, in the middle room, there is a box for traders. Just ask at the cash register, and they have a box where you can trade yours for another, like pins. Sometimes you may find the one you're looking for. Hope this is helpful. This is Chris's Disney Mom. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That's great. Did you install a trade? We haven't yet. Um, We're going to get over there and check it out because we've got a little handful. Bring your ones you hate. Yeah, you say, which yeah. ones are you going to give up? We it's have duplicates. Our, yeah. That's just what we don't, you know, we want them all, but, you know, you can only take so many Bugs Life little ants and, you know. I'm still fighting off the urge to start buying Vinylmation. There's some cute ones out Every there. Every time I see them, you know, I... They I, freak me out. I just... Uh, I'm not aesthetically. I'm not particularly drawn to them, but it's like something else to buy, and I just know this is going to become like a, a several thousand dollar. Yeah, event. don't do it. And so I just, I, I, I've, I've been successful at the tiny, one, creepy, the tiny ones faceless little things. No, the tiny ones are adorable. We've collected some of the ones, but the ones that like mean something to us, like there's a little cruise line one. Um, there's a figment one I'd like to get. I don't have any urge to buy the whole series, but just the ones that See, strike my fan. I have the one I want. I'm just bla- I'm too black and white. I'm I'm too all or nothing with this stuff. I'm so I know if I buy one, it, it's you can't have I, just I, one. I it's like a Lay's potato chip. I have just and one. alcohol <laughs> and, and and rum. Did you um, pins? <laughs> did you collect pins early on when they first started doing it? So and did I we. Stopped. There was, I remember this, remember when it um, was either at the Millennium or just around the Millennium, they put out the mosaic sets? Yes. Where the pins were puzzle pieces, and you had to get all the puzzle pieces to get the big hmm. picture. That was expensive. <laughs> yeah, I went, I went insane. See, that's what I like about this, the little collectors, though. It's five ninety five. You get three little things, three little characters. Two bucks a piece. But still... 
<laughs> well, eventually, when Stella is not into playing with them, you can get like a shadow box That's and put right. shelves in it. That's and right. then like super glue them to the shelf. It would be yeah, adorable to hang on the wall. They're over my desk right now. I mean, they're just adorable. In your free time, make a shadow box. Yeah. <laughs> we did that. We did that years ago, Max. You can buy the shadow Pez, box. Remember Pez dispensers? Yeah. yeah. We have suitcases full of those from Max's still childhood. Are packaging? Lord, no. We, oh, that's you Pez them. We Pez them. We play with them. <laughs> but Max had, had them lined up everywhere in his room. And there comes it, a point when after a while it stops being cute. And you think to yourself, I'm a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> but from a child's point of view, which is what I'm looking at, it's it's a fun little collectible that reminds you of yeah. your trip to Disney. Yes. And it doesn't and from a parent's point of view, this isn't taking up very much space at all. Right. Which I really hazard. Well, See, not in my house. I uh my, my the thing right now for me, the only thing I'm I'm actively collecting, if you can even call it that, is every time I do a resort review. Um, I forgot the artist who does it, uh, but they have uh, artist renditions of that particular resort. Oh, okay. So I've been buying one of of those, which you know runs about thirty or forty dollars, um, and that's what I've been. Every time I do a resort review, I'm getting one of these. These. It's not Thomas Kincaid, is it? No, okay, no, good. it's not. <laughs> Please don't fill your walls um, with that. No, these are really. <laughs> actually, I have one. Uh, I've got one framed in the uh, in the entryway. Don is his name. His first name yeah. is Don. Yeah. And he I, comes to Disney every now and then. To Yeah, he's not hard to find. Yeah. You're not talking about Don Ducky Williams. No. He's the character a, He's the gentleman who always sits in the art of Disney at Epcot and sells the watercolor paintings of the different places in Epcot. Okay. You're looking at me like you've never tripped over I actually like his stuff. <laughs> I actually, I, I really like the way he, the way he does these, and they're really pretty, and I particularly like the one I got at the Grand... Uh, Grand Floridian. That was the last review I did. Um, so uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that's that's what I'm limiting it to, and that's manageable because you know, for the most part, I'm doing a review every month, every two months, and um, so forty dollars, fifty dollars every. You've got wall space. I got plenty of it. That's and I want to start taking some things down and putting. See, some our problem is we up. don't have wall space. Yeah, or flat surfaces. Okay. Okay. Where we're do you live? Our, he lives in the Oval Office. <laughs> Really? Sorry, all our tabletops have stuff on them. There's just no more flat oh, surfaces. Gotcha. Oh. I thought maybe. <laughs> nope. It, it, now we're at a point. If it comes in, one has to leave. Oh, oh I've been to that point. We're on a, and those little shadow boxes. That's what I'm telling you. Eventually, you're going to say to yourself, "I've spent a lot of money on shadow boxes." Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Thank you for that, Teresa. Our next voicemail comes to us from Doug with some questions about the Main Street Electrical Parade. So here is Doug. Hey there, podcast crew. It's Doug from Pennsylvania, SoulFan68 on the forums. My sister and I haven't seen the Main Street Electrical Parade since we saw it as kids in the 70s, and now we're really excited about sharing it with our kids on an upcoming trip for Marathon Weekend. Basically, what I wanted to know was two things. First of all, how early do we need to stake out some concrete in order to see the parade with our family? And equally important, where exactly should we look for a spot along the parade route? What would be a good place to take in the parade and perhaps maybe even buy ourselves a little bit of extra time? Thanks so much for the show, and I'm looking forward to the answer. Talk to you later. Well, thank you very much for calling in, Doug. And by the way, great radio voice. Really and truly got a great, great radio voice. Uh, The uh, as as far as how early to stake your claim, it really comes down to when you're there. If you're there during a peak period 
where the parks are going to be more crowded. Uh, you want to get you want to get your spot, especially if it's going to be anywhere on Main Street or in that area. You want to get your spot early. You want to get your spot at least an hour. I'd say an hour to ninety minutes mm-hmm. uh, in advance. For me, um, it depends. Which way does uh, Main Street Electrical Parade go? Does it come from the front of the park towards the back? Okay. What I would suggest. One of the spaces I like is uh, right on the hub uh, near Cinderella Castle, but right across from the bridge into Liberty Square. Um, that's where they make their turn to go to the other side of the park. And especially if you're taking pictures or video, you get them coming at you and get them kind of moving away. It's just it's a nice view, and that's a good spot. That's a good spot. I would say... For me, that's my favorite spot. Who else? Who else? We has did it when spots? we went over for the first night in front of the train station on ground level. So again, you got that you could see them, you know, as they're turning to mm-hmm. come around, and then you got a you know like a side. It was great picture taking spot. Now, also in the event that you don't get a spot early, something people forget: these parades, for the most part, run through the park. They mm-hmm. go down Main Street. They go. Uh, into Liberty Square, they go down uh, through Frontierland. The crowds tend to form Main Street and the Hub. You can usually, unless it's a really busy time, you can usually find plenty of open spaces as you get further back toward where the parade ends, down toward uh, Frontierland. He was asking about buying extra time. Um, my suggestion is down in Frontierland in front of Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. You don't have to be there when the parade starts. You don't have to sit there an hour and a half no. early. You can see the parade. Aren't there some nights when the Main Street Electrical Parade runs twice? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's see. And we, doesn't that's... it go back and forth? I don't I'm think they restate. I'm not sure anymore. I think it goes back and forth. So I don't think I don't think they restage it for the second show. I think they run it to the back of the park for the first show, and for the second show, they run it back to the front. No, okay, I disagree. It's disagree because yeah. I saw it on the second show, the second run, I guess, second showing um, during Summer Night Tastic, and it was like whatever, like ten or eleven, whatever time it was, it ran. It was from the front to the back, and that would have been the second show. Yeah. Right? They used to do that, but now they backstage they take it back to position. They did the same thing last night with last night. There was and. That second show running, there's no one around. I mean, we, we had we were able to sit like party, on a wooden yeah. platform, no one in our way, take photos. Yeah, usually, video. yeah, it, on on nights where there are two parades uh, or or two, yeah, two parades, uh, the second one is usually far less crowded than the first. And if you're going to go to the second parade, the, the first parade is a great time to find the rides without it lines. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So I hope that answers your question, Doug. Thank you very much. For calling in, who has an email? I do. Ms. Julie. Um, this is from Alex Evans. She actually sent this to me personally. She was kind of afraid it might be too personal for the show. I don't think it is. Um, from my reviews of the Baby Care Center, she got the impression that I had nursed my children in the parks. I did not. Um, I'll 
She walked down Main Street, USA. (laughs) Ferris did receive breast milk, but he was not able to nurse. So um, they're going to Disney at the end of September. Her son will be seven months old. I'm sure that I'll use the baby care centers a lot, but I don't want to make that trek every single time he wants to eat. Um, He's teething and nursing quite a bit, and she doesn't want to miss, you know, a whole bunch of her three-year-old's first trip to Disney. So she wants recommendations on places in the parks that are a little bit more private or out of the way. She says, I do have a cover that's very good, and no one would see anything. But I know that some people are still uncomfortable with others nursing in public. So I'd like to be as discreet as possible. Um, Alex, you know, you don't seem like a woman who's like trying to be political, as Kevin said earlier, saying, I'm going to nurse my kid and I don't care what you think. Um, I think you're just willing to feed your child when it's convenient for you. So a couple places that I myself have noticed um, Sleepy Hollow in the Magic Kingdom. If you go towards the back in the seating area, it's very quiet and kind of dark. Um, there are never a whole lot of people there that I've seen. And that's not a smoking area anymore either. So Right. So I think that's a great spot. Um, also, at the entrance to Adventureland, there's a, a round stone like planter. It's huge. But if you sit towards the back of it, you're basically facing like the moat that runs in front of the castle. And in my opinion, that's a little bit more private. Um Teresa, you had made a suggestion as well. Yeah, when you come in, you're going down Main Street, heading towards the castle. To the right, I believe it's right past the little shop that sells all the crystal stuff, there's this little kind of an alleyway, and in the back there's some little chairs. It doesn't really lead anywhere, mm-hmm. but I've sat back there just to have a quiet moment. Not I mean, not breastfeeding or anything, but that would be a good place. <laughs> Her children are a little old. No, yeah, and well, I, I, I believe I did breastfeed Stella in the Magic Kingdom the first time we were here. Cause the she walkway young. from Toontown? to the Space Mountain is kind of quiet yep. and There are benches along serene. there. Yeah. You could even do the TTA for that matter. I thought the same thing. Yeah, the I people move her. Too. But oh, you're not supposed to have beverages. Rise. You're not supposed to have beverages on there. <laughs> I think Space Mountain would be perfect. Well, oh, yeah. let me just let me just comment on um, uh, on that. Uh, I think if a woman is uh, we were talking about this before the show. If a woman is being modest about this and is covering up, you anywhere you want, mm-hmm. anywhere you mm-hmm. want is fine. Uh, you're feeding your child. And, I agree. I agree. And however, for these people and they're out there who think I'm just gonna you know whip out the twins and feed away and you know look at me, I don't want to see it. If you know, and because what, what I feel like doing, and we kind of said this too before the show, if if you're gonna pull out your breast and feed your baby right there in the middle of Main Street, then why can't I just stand up and pee on the side of the side of the curb? Um, True. Both are natural. Both have to be done. True. But you can do this, and it it doesn't have to be a production number. No. All you're doing is nourishing your child. You're feeding your child. You're taking care of your child. I have a question to ask you, though, as I've never had a child to feed. Wouldn't you, if you were giving your bottle, your child a bottle, want to find a kind of quiet? Well, you do. Oh, yeah. you do. So it's not like we're saying, you know, if you're going to give them a bottle, you can do it during the parade in the middle of Main Street. But well, they'd be I just, totally distracted. I go back know. to an experience I had a few years ago uh, while I was doing, it was right before Bob died. And actually, Bob was on the monorail with me. We were doing uh, in the we were doing our contemporary <laughs> Poor review. Poor Bob. And we were on the monorail going back from the Polynesian. We'd gone over to the Polynesian to have dinner at Kona Cafe. On the monorail going back to the Contemporary. And all the seats were full. We were standing. And there was this woman. I, 
use say the word woman in quotation marks uh wearing who was uh let's say overweight wearing a midriff nursing her baby and I'm not kidding I said this in the review and everybody thought it was funny but I honestly thought because I was already seeing a couple of rolls of fat I I didn't it didn't dawn on me what she was doing until I saw the nipple on one of the rolls of fat <laughs> and but it was right there I mean there were there were kids there there That's were people my whole that were thing, is the children it's like well, I mean, even, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't care how natural it is. I don't want to see you go to the bathroom either. There's a lot of things that are natural I don't want to look at. And if, if you're making an effort to cover up, even though it's obvious that you're breastfeeding, fine. You're making an effort. That's different. Yeah. That's different. But to just, you know, pull down your midriff and whip it out and start feeding, I think is disgusting. Yeah. I just think it's disgusting. I never did that. I mean, I breastfed all my children, private, public, wherever they needed to be fed, but I always look for that quiet place. But there's nothing mm-hmm. more disgusting, though, in, in the early days with my first child, and this was 20 years ago now, it was hard to find a place, and it is you don't want to go to a bathroom to feed your right. child. No. That's no, just no, the nasty spot. That is just like, no. okay, I don't want to do this, but I did that I mean, when you when you have to. But there's also ways around it. You yeah. know, you could come into the park with pumped milk easily in a little cooler or your hydro flask full of breast milk if you, yeah. you know. Most definitely. And transfer it. I mean, there's there's no way you Before you this know. goes too far, though, I have a few more suggestions for her just so I can get those out. Um, at Epcot, I think in the countries, you're going to be able to find quiet spots everywhere. Just like in Norway, the display in the little chapel that nobody goes in, you know. <laughs> and in Morocco, there's another little place just like that. There's so plenty of little hidden alcohol. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure I would suggest they go disrobing in Morocco. I apologize. Not, not. I just don't think. And I'm not trying to be political. I'm just suggesting that. Just be careful. Go to France. They're used to it. <laughs> oh, Lord. But I, I really, you know, obviously the child care center is the best spot because you're going to have a nice, quiet, private room. But in the event that you cannot make it there, you're just going to, you know, find the nearest, most quiet spot you can find. Because I know even Finley, she's being bottle fed. And if the slightest thing distracts her, it's like it's over with. There's a garden in England. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. You're right. Go back. As long as the faux Beatles aren't performing. (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) you you kind of know your child's schedule. You kind of, you're going to know when they're going to get hungry. But if you're going to go back to the child care center every time. It makes it a hassle. It's a hassle because by the time you get there, you're talking 15 minutes. And it could be screaming by then. And you're done. And then, you know, then you got to walk back and find your family. I'd I think she's going to be fine in any park. I do too. You know, especially since she's covering up. And Hollywood I, Studios has some quiet places. Yeah, every park does. You're just going to have to walk around, and wherever you are, you just say, "Okay, look, there it is." Just like for me last night, because yeah. I needed to find a quiet spot to feed Finley. I saw the Adventureland little thing that I sat yeah. on because it was dark and no one was around. You'll be able to spot him. Yeah, easily, yeah. I think. So go for it, Alex. Thumb, you want to find a quiet, secluded spot anytime liquid is coming out of your body. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good good theory there, John. All right. Thank you for that, Julie. I think that's printed on the tickets. <laughs> Who else has an email they want to read? I do. Uh, we have an email from uh, a listener who has 
questioned adventures by Disney. And she's written us to the podcast account, and she's also written to me personally and taken it a step further. I'm not going to read exactly what she's written because it is a letter to uh, us. But um, I would like to tell you what I what she's saying. Uh She's concerned about Adventures by Disney's trips to Egypt. And after listening to you talk about your experience in Tunisia and how they were told, Disney Cruise Line was told, not to send a woman to do yeah. that job again, uh, and the fact that people were put back, or told to go back on the ship and change, she said she's concerned about people going to Egypt, uh, specifically people of the Jewish faith. And she said, in the Middle East, in Muslim countries, there are many places where Jews are told they're not allowed. Egypt is not one of them. However, she said she has a a friend who's Egyptian who states that uh, women are not treated well in Egypt. Well, not treated well anywhere in the Muslim world, really. Well, Jews are not treated well. And she said, and I think you should know that gay people are not treated well. That's absolutely right. Uh, It's uh, being gay is frowned upon in the Muslim religion, and she said that they're often treated poorly in her country. We already know that they don't treat women very well, so it will be interesting to find out how these trips go for women, Jews, and gay people. How much interaction is going to be had during free time on the trip, or will free time be kept to a minimum? I think of what's going. I think in light of what's going on in the world today, maybe ABD needs to address these kind of issues. So I'm sure uh, this will come up eventually. What did we think? Um, all I can tell you is I've never been to a Muslim country. I've never been to Egypt, so I really have no way of commenting on it. But it would be a concern for me. Um, it's why I don't I don't plan to go to any of those places no. ever. Well, when John and I travel together, uh, we I how do I put this without being politically incorrect? I don't walk around with a sign on me, but I don't hide who I am. Either. Precisely. Um, I, you know, there's no rainbow flags on what I'm wearing. There's no outward signs uh, that I'm, that I... On occasion, there are heels, but... (laughs) (laughs) And chaps, don't forget the chaps. There was a gentleman in chaps last night at the party. Oh, God. I saw him coming out of the men's room, and he kind of looked at me, and he almost apologized with his face. He's like... Was he wearing pants? This chaps? He had to be. <laughs> really, I'm trying to picture it. But he just looked at me and was like, yeah, I know. Um, but I think to myself, I don't know that I want to go someplace where I now have to ma- even think about the fact that I have to hide now who I am. And again, I, I don't think there's no outward signs. I'm not wearing T-shirts or putting stickers on or anything, but... I wouldn't want to go to a place where I had to be cognizant of the fact that I had to change who I was mm-hmm. in order to visit. And I'm not, you know, for me, I'm not expecting that, uh, you know, they have to celebrate us. But there are plenty of places in the world that are fine, are just yes. perfectly fine with gays, women, minorities of all stripes and colors. Uh to visit. Would I love to visit Egypt? Absolutely. Would I give them a dime of my money? Absolutely not. I think that's it. I just have to talk with my dollars. If I'm not if I'm not welcome, if I'm not welcome, if my friends aren't welcome, then uh, you know what? I'd love to see the pyramids, but you know, enjoy them. I, I, I'll go somewhere else. I felt that way about Bermuda. See, Bermuda Tunisia, will never get my money. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the stop in Tunisia 
on on the cruise really upset me. I don't see any reason why Disney has to stop there. Um, why they would celebrate that culture with the human rights violations? Well, that's I think where where there's a distinction. I understand there's bigotry and hatred, and there are places where people aren't going to like certain people. But to go to a place where there's overt hatred to the point where there's violence, there's laws, that mm. people are made to address a certain way or act a certain way, that becomes... The minute you have to tell one of your guests to go back on the ship and change, you should not be at that port. Yeah. Bermuda did this a couple of years ago. There was a gay cruise, a Rosie O'Donnell's family cruise out of Miami. And one of the stops they were going to make was Bermuda. And the churches in Bermuda got together and said, we don't want those uh, tourist dollars. I remember that. I understand that. I won't go. I'm afraid of the Bermuda Triangle, so I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, Walter, you had something? Well, no, just the trip to Tunisia, it doesn't make any sense. because Well, the, the town museum, that's really nice. But then you go to the main marketplace, and they're like, don't stop, don't look, uh, keep moving. And it's like, why are you going if you're that? Why would you bring people here? Mm-hmm. Why are you going there? They have a towel museum? Tile. Tile. <laughs> that's the same thing there for a minute. Yeah. Towel. That's a nice towel. <laughs> this towel is 30 years old. <laughs> no, that's my bathroom. Tile. <laughs> There's a towel Museum. I thought the second line is it? Yeah, also, she also made some points about um, forbidding women to ride on the Nile, to be on, on boats on the Nile. Did I see that in one of her emails? There was a couple of things. I She asked me to sort of um, boil it down for talking about on the podcast, and that's what I've done. Yeah. So the I question, g- though, it becomes how does Disney handle situations where people are there are laws against you doing certain things. Well, I think or being a certain person. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to put, if you're going to go in a Disney bubble and you can only interact with the people that you're going with. However, in the travels that we've done, some of the best experiences are when you're allowed to venture, venture out a little bit right. and interact with the people that live there. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to go somewhere where you're afraid exactly. to venture out. And if, uh, this doesn't even take into account that there's a, an armed security guard right. with you. I can't imagine they're going to allow people to wander away very far. I thought about when, the, when ABD first announced Egypt, I thought about it for five minutes. And then I realized, wait a second. You know, I'm only going to do that trip with with Walter. You know, like you said, I don't walk around. We don't walk around with neon signs on. We don't walk around doing public displays of affection. It's just not the people we are. But if we were in this place and I forgot myself and I grabbed his hand, um, or called him honey, or you know, or referred to him as my husband, and the next thing I I could be like jailed or attacked or. You know what? I don't need to go there. When I read an article long ago when they were filming the second Sex in the City movie, and it was supposed to take place in Abu Dhabi, which is supposedly very modern in its um, the way it treats people, and they were told that they couldn't film there. So while the movie takes place in Abu Dhabi, supposedly, it was filmed in the country of Morocco. Because the women mm-hmm. are forward-thinking women right. who are independent. And-, and I think to myself, I, I just, I can't. I can't. And again, I want to. I want to say that I'm not suggesting that people don't go to Egypt or don't go to Tunisia. These are my personal feelings. Uh, I will not go to these places because of you know these are my feelings. I'm not passing judgment or criticizing anyone who feels differently and says you know what I do want to go to Egypt or I do want to go to Tunisia or I went to Tunisia and I really enjoyed it. I'm not suggesting that any of that is wrong. 
this is a personal a personal feeling and a personal decision. Well, I feel the same way, and I didn't mean to make this any kind of political discussion. No, no, no I know you didn't. I just wanted. I, I know that it's going to come up. That's but I mean, why I'm sitting I'm, next to Teresa, and I understand if they're not happy with gay people. But okay, Teresa, okay, Julie, and Kathy yeah. are women, yeah. and th- that's not. There's no discussion that that's a choice. <laughs> right. I thought you were outing me. It was, for a minute. It, was, <laughs> it was decided for us. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't mean to take this into a public Well, it is realm. Teresa. Yeah, exactly. That's what it I was thinking, Teresa too. I'm like, I can't change yeah. who I can't change. Well, w- with a doctor's help, I can change my sex. But, you know, we can't change who we are. And you can't really hide it. Right. You know, I mean, being gay, you could go in and, and maybe not You know, be what are we going to... A nice pair of sturdy shoes and you could You know what? Okay. We could be like the Swiss Family Robinson, remember? Remember the daughter had to disguise herself as the deckhand? That's mm-hmm. right. We could I, do I that. I just think to myself, it's a consideration. <laughs> exactly. That I don't have to consider women. And, and you're on a trip. You're on a vacation. Do you really want to hassle with all that no. crap? No, you know? of course not. You know, that's and not what, it, that's not what it's about. To, do you want to give any support to a culture that oppresses anyone? Right. Right. Is that appropriate? Even no, it's not, not for me. I could make the argument that I do it every day living in this country. Right. Um, but... You know, not to the point where it goes on. Or or well, I mean, that does happen here too. I mean, but not from the government. Not from the government. No, it's right. not. It's not codified in law. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I saw before the emails start coming in and before the the screaming starts. These are what we're what we're sharing here are our personal opinions based on our life experiences and our set of values. We are not passing judgment on anyone. Um, per se, to some degree, yes, we are passing judgment on people who uh, oppress, pr- oppress and 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 choose to. You know, I'm not passing judgment on anybody who's going to go visit these places. Is what I'm trying to say. So before the emails start or any of that stuff, you, you know, this is our personal. I these are our personal right. It's your right to do what you long as it's in. But I also yeah. feel that I have a responsibility. To people who are booking adventures mm-hmm. by Disney, absolutely, to at least start this discussion, mm-hmm. and you know, you don't want to say to somebody, "Listen, I don't even know if you're gay or not, but I, I feel I should let you know, or if you're Jewish or not." I have no idea when I, I, I your email doesn't tell me. Well, yeah, me. based based on the way you word your emails, I think you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> your email doesn't beep, okay? <laughs> but I still feel like I want to say to people. That's really no different. That That's like I wanted to go back to Africa. And I know that going back to Africa has its risks. Mm-hmm. I would want, if I book this with somebody, I would want them to tell me. You exactly. Know, no matter where you go. Exactly. I think that's really why I wanted to read it. I wanted to start this discussion or at least put this discussion out there. So if anybody's considering it's a good it or if anybody's already yeah. booked it and has questions about it, this opens up the dialogue that we can at least talk about it. Now, Pete, you keep mentioning the armed guards. Uh, the, the guide that we had for the tour on Animal Kingdom, if you go on one of the safaris, you have to have an armed guard, too, anytime you go. Right. Uh, this is uh, Walter's talking about in Egypt. Every one of these tours that goes out in South Egypt. Africa, Eastern, uh, well, I'm just... I'm just for point of reference because we haven't yeah. mentioned that in this discussion um, that the Egyptian trips all go out with it's required by law in Egypt all these trips go out with armed guards all these tours go out with armed guards so you're saying so that a lot the, of other tours in Africa also have armed guards so I think that's pretty much the yeah but there's a difference do. between needing an armed guard because you're the tourist might be beaten up by the locals as opposed to being eaten. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Please have an armed guard if there's a lion there's no, around. I was bothered by the fact that you had to have an armed guard. And I, think I was, bo- I was there's a number of, well, you know, I, 
the presence of an armed guard in and of itself would not stop me from going, depending on what the reason for it is. Yeah. Yeah. You, you need an armed guard in Africa because a lion could come and try and kill you. That's I want somebody nearby with a gun in Versus that case. being stoned. As opposed to, mm-hmm. yeah, being kidnapped, arrested, you know, whatever, shot at. That's a whole different ball of wax. So. I, you know, yeah, they, they both have armed guards, but they, they have for different reasons, and the reason in that case does matter so, to me. So, All right, well, thank you for that, Kevin. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. It's Howdy Podcast Team. I'm coming down in December. For the first time, we'll be renting a car while I am there. I have a handicap placard that I will have with me and was wondering if there was any information on the locations of the handicap spots close to the parks. I've tried to look up the parking areas with Google Earth and still have a bit of trouble figuring out, I can't speak today, where some of the spots are located in regards to the gates. I know that the spots are meant to be within walking distance of the gates or in Magic Kingdom's situation close to the station and ferry. Also, I am staying at the All-Star Movies and was wondering if there is a preferred building close to parking that I should be looking for. And this is um, from, and I'm going to butcher his first name, it's Sikandar... And his, he goes by the name of Alex Durrani. Alex been, has been to our parties yes. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Alex is a friend of the Diz. I apologize. Before we go further, can I just give the name of the person who wrote the email? I didn't mention her by name. Her n- name was Mindy Wellbesser, and she's Mindy5767 on the boards. I apologize. Okay. Okay. So anyway, um, I guess the part of his email that I hope he understands is that when he parks at Magic Kingdom – that's not really close to the parks. Magic Kingdom is by far the hardest park to get into yeah. in a wheelchair. You have to take planes, trains, and automobiles to get there. Yeah. There's no place. All of the other parks, you can park close enough that you can walk into the, um, the park. You can't do that at the Magic Kingdom. You have to take the monorail, a bus, or uh, the riverboat. The, the parking is, even though it's closer to those things, it's still quite a distance. Right. Which is the easiest way to get in, though, if you're in a... If you're handicapped, if you're there, the boat or the... Well, it if he's staying at the All-Stars, I, I would suggest he take the transportation. Right. However, I, I, I met Alex, and I know that Alex has a large right. um, ECV. And we had difficulty after a Dizapalooza mm-hmm. making sure that the bus would do that. So if you're going to go to the park, Alex, I've done this in a wheelchair. In my opinion, the easiest mode of transportation from the parking lot... To the Magic Kingdom with an ECV is the ferry boat. That's what I thought you were going to say. It's just, it's a little ramp up and in. It's not the fastest. I like the ferry. But it is the easiest. There's no ramp involved. When we first, before we moved down here, um, if I had to go to Magic Kingdom, I drove to all the parks. But I would park at Epcot and take the monorail over just because the Magic Kingdom parking lot seems so intimidating. (laughs) It's actually going to be, you would still have to change trains at the ticket and transportation center but that's really a good idea there the parking lot at the magic kingdom was really built pre-ada so the the handicapped parking spots while they're closer they're closer to um the tram right but if you've got a scooter you're kind of out of luck at the tram so yeah. you mm-hmm. have to take another. And the, the handicap parking in Epcot is actually really close. It is. Yeah. So the closest of all the parks. Uh, so it's great. The easiest handicap parking is at Disney Hollywood Studios. And the Animal Kingdom is also quite accessible. 
So. Okay. Cool. Thank you for that. Kathy, our next voicemail comes to us from Tony uh, regarding child twi- uh, swap. Okay. Child chi- swap. <laughs> it's in the air today. It is. It is. So here's Tony. Hey, podcast crew. This is Tony Zarcone. MRZ Rich on the Diz Boards. I wanted to clarify a few things that uh, about child swap. Uh, you answered a question on the last email show, and you didn't quite get all the details right. I- I'll forgive you. I know you don't have a lot of young kids hanging around your house, Pete. But as a mom who has used child swap many times, I wanted to tell you what my experience has been at Disney. At Disney, what you do with most rides is you go up to the line, the, the first cast member you see before you even get in the queue as a whole family you tell them you want to do child swap what they do is they give you what they call a rider switch pass it looks like a fast pass and it says it's good for i think up to three people i've had some that were good for up to six people to go through the fast pass line after the first group of people the first parent goes through the line you can then get on the fast pass line with the rider switch pass The cool thing about the rider switch pass is you don't have to wait in the whole line with the baby. You, the first parent and the baby, can go have a snack, go see a character, go ride a ride that the older kids aren't interested in riding, like Dumbo. And then when the the other parent and the older children are done riding, you meet up with them, and the second parent can get in the line with the rider switch pass, usually get in the fast pass line, and use that rider switch pass with the other with the older children and the second parent can then go off with the baby and do whatever they want to do with the baby i like that better because with my younger child he always felt bad for not being able to uh, ride splash mountain i would take him around the corner and we'd ride pirates of the caribbean or we'd see if captain hook or mr smee was over there in, in that area of Adventureland, while the older kids are riding big thunder mountain and splash mountain um that's how it usually works at disney uh, now, if the, if if the first parent has a fast pass, that's great. The first parent can go through the fast pass line with the with the kids. They have to all have fast passes, like you said. Um, the one ride where there was always a, a, a variance from that was Star Tours. Usually, with Star Tours, they made the whole family go through the line and make the swap at the actual ride vehicle. Um, that was the only ride at Disney where I experienced uh, that kind of setup. Most rides, the first parent didn't have to get in line with the baby. That parent could go off and do their own thing with the baby and and uh, use that rider switch pass at a later time. Didn't even have to be this exactly when the first parent got off the ride. You could that rider switch pass was good for the whole day and sometimes even more than one day. So if you had to rush off to an ADR or a show that you wanted to catch, you didn't have to get right back in the line. You could hold that, that rider switch pass and get on the fast pass line at a later time and in some cases even a later date. Uh, what I used to do uh, to spread a little pixie dust when my when my older child didn't want to ride again, uh, the pass was good for up to three people. I would find somebody who was going to wait in the standby line, and I'd say, "Hey, you want to go on the fast pass line with me?" And I'd take those people through the fast pass line with the ride a switch pass. Um, I always like uh, surprising people like that if I can, and they were always very appreciative. I just wanted to clear up the ride of, the uh, child swap for you, and. Um, I love your show. Keep listening. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Well, thank you for that, uh, Tony. Um, I th- this must ha- be relatively or comparatively new because I know there was a time where it was. I mean, it may have been a few years back, but. There was a time where you did it just the way I said you did it, which is yeah. you get in the regular line mm-hmm. and you get to the front of the line, tell the cast member we're doing a child swap, and there's a waiting room there. Because I know, don't they still have the waiting areas? Not all the time. We've only done this a couple of times, and one of the times was for Big Thunder Mountain, and I do remember them giving us that path. Okay, that she's so that's what about. they do now. Um, I right. didn't remember that before. So my information's old. Yeah, I mean. I have no idea if some rides still do that, but there, the only places where I know of where there's like a waiting area would be like, you know, when you exit Soren, there's kind of a waiting area mm-hmm. where you can wait with your kids, but there's not necessarily a waiting area right at the entrance they of the ride. They did it at Splash Mountain. They used to do it at Splash Mountain yeah. also. You would all wait in the line. The, the person who was waiting would stand off to the side. The next set of cars would come, and they would just sort of stand there until the parent with the would come back and switch the child. That's uh, this new way sounds. I hate to say it this way. It sounds overly generous. That I think like, it's so that you don't have a, to wait in the line twice. Like because I, I don't know. But I mean, if they're letting you come back later in the day or the next day, or you can bring somebody else in the line, isn't that sort of defeating the I don't think the purpose you of, can use it the next day. Did she say that? No, no, she said no, you she could. No, she said sometimes later you can even. Yeah. No, she said sometime you could do it the next day. Oh. So, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea that the whole family stands there together. Kathy likes her rules. I do. I'm sorry. Right. I'm a black and white kind of person. It's like, it's either this way or it's that way. Did you hear the kid screaming in the background? Yeah. Did that come through? I can see why she wants to swap out that kid. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for that, Tony. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. I have one. This one's from Amanda in Scarlsdale, New York. It says, Hi, podcast crew. I'm Dr. Mom of Three on, on the Diz and a huge fan of the podcast. My question is, I recently started looking at adventures by Disney. I never thought I'd be someone who wanted to do a group tour. Um, before settling down, I had traveled to many of the national parks. I did the young, single, and cheap thing. I slept in tents and put quarters in public showers. It was a fabulous trip. Ew. But not something I do <laughs> in my life. I, I've never seen quarters for public showers. Yeah, me neither. I have a fast pass. <laughs> I pass for the public showers. I would love to take my family to see the national parks, but we're really not repping at people. Um, Adventures by Disney seems to be the great solution. My question is, I know my kids are too young now, six, four, and two, and we don't have the funds yet anyway. But what is an appropriate age for taking children on an Adventures by Disney trip? I'm most interested in Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, glaciers, etc. type trips, but I'm curious in general. It seems like a great way to introduce children to the amazing places without making it difficult for the parents. If you're online and you're looking at the uh, Adventures by Disney, um, on the right of each trip, it'll have the trip at a glance, and it gives you a suggested minimum minimum age for attending. Hmm. I think it depends on the trip. Yeah, it does. Uh, It depends on the kid. Right. I definitely do not think that the recommended ages are correct for most of these adventures. You think they're they're too... They're too young. (laughs) 
way too young. What's, That's what I was thinking. So what, was I seeing? What are some of the recommended ages? Like six four and or four. Five. What about the one um, that we're doing in California? What's the age on that one? Six. Really? See, I think, but I think, I think six, for, because they they plan out a lot of activities throughout those trips but for I, kids. Um, I think it's six. You're probably okay. Um, I would guess. I, I mean, think I think for that particular trip, being that close to Disney and not being able to go to Disney and being forced to do other stuff could be is almost torturous. But you know what? You think about the people that are going on these trips are big Disney fans, so the kids are probably big. They could be seasoned. They could, but yeah. But six-year-olds want to go but, to Jimmy Kimmel's studio as opposed uh, to no riding way. a ride. Yeah. Right. It, there are parts where you're walking through the animation building or you're walking through uh, Imagineering. Well, I thought you guys said that there are some portions where you have to be a certain age. you got to be 16 to go behind. Backstage, yes. Right. Anything, anything. So I think to myself, you know. So then what do you do with your six-year-old? Well, yeah. they, they, they have programs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was no, like, no, there's whole things like we're going to go now get ice cream or we're going to have a movie or something and I think there's some uh, adventures I haven't been on them but I would think the ones that are more like the one you guys are going on where you're going to see the Grand Canyon and things like that that might be more appropriate for young kids yes. because it's not rushing exactly. through stuff but it's you know they're also not expecting to go see Mickey Mouse but right. I think it depends on the kid too because Stella at six I think would absolutely adore the California trip with all the imagineering and all of that Grace at six would have been bored out of her skull. Yeah. So it just it you know you know like John child. said depends, depends on, on the child. child. You know your child and you know what they're interested in. All right, cool. Thank you for I that. I see many trips to Music City in my future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Walter. Our final voicemail for this week comes to us from Tracy, who has some questions about Lego and lunch with an astronaut at the Kennedy Space Center. So here is Tracy. Hi, this is Tracy, Tesca K on the boards. Look forward to um, meeting you guys on Podcast 2.0. Got a couple of queries for you about uh, the Lego store in downtown Disney and the lunch with an astronaut. I was wondering with the Lego store whether they've got a good range of the sort of bigger projects because they'd make really good Christmas presents, and do they ship them back to Australia, because I'm not looking forward to trying to take those big boxes in my suitcase. And the second question about the lunch with the astronaut is whether it's like a princess meal, which is just, hello, come, uh, take your photo and move on, or if you get a chance to talk with the astronauts about their mission and, and what they did for training and that sort of stuff. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye. Well, thank you for calling in, Tracy. Um, as far as the lunch uh, with an astronaut, Kathy, you've done that. Yes, I did. Uh, and it's actually an interactive experience. It's yes. not just a photo op. We did the Apollo 13 astronauts, the two astronauts that are surviving, and they were immensely popular. So that's probably not exactly the same as it is when they do some of the like current astronauts. But... There was plenty of time to ask questions. They sat up on a stage, and you could ask questions. And they, they went to you know young people, old people. You really came out of there knowing a whole lot more than you ever did before, stuff that, that you haven't seen in print. So it, it's, it really is 
if you get the chance to do it and you've got people that are interested in that kind of stuff, it's really worth doing. Now, as far as the Legos uh, go, um, has anybody shopped in that store? Oh, yeah. I have. No. Oh, yeah. All right. Do they have the big they do. Yeah, Le- they Lego do. projects? They have and giant. And I always think that to myself, how do people get these things home? I know. I'm sure they must ship. Oh, oh yeah. have to. Put out, uh, Lego decided they were going to put out Frank Lloyd Wright buildings. <gasps> They're still there. You could go buy Frank Lloyd Wright That's building so cool. Legos. And I decided, I thought that sounded like fun. I would build like the Guggenheim. Well, they were ridiculously expensive. I was I had sticker shock with Lego sets. How much they were, was it? were the smallest ones of all of them. <laughs> right, they were like boxes this big. They like had three Legos in them. I think they were eighty five dollars. Wow. Legos are immensely expensive. I think, but yes, they do have the huge things. But I, I'm shocked at the price. They will ship. I have to be honest with you. I don't know what the policy is or pricing or rules are about overseas shipping, to Which, be honest with but you. But you know, Legos, I'm sure you're going to... There's, um, what do you call it? I'll tell you now, it'll cost you as much to ship it at least as it will to buy it. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I was shocked because I have really no experience with Legos. I've never purchased a set. I've never even purchased a set for a kid as a gift. So when I first walked in there, I kind of thought it was going to be in the $20. Oh, yeah. No. I grew up with them, but I don't. I have no idea no, how much We started costs. purchasing the bigger ones when Max was a toddler, and then we quickly went to the, the more intricate sets and... All told, I probably spent thousands of dollars on Legos, but we still have them all. I do know they hurt when you step on them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or sit on them. <laughs> but I know. I think they're worth it because it's, there's. Oh, they're fun. They're fun. And they're they kind fun. of indestructible. They, and they are. They, yeah. they speak to your creativity. They do. However, we still play with and them. And you may not see your kid for hours. <laughs> you know, and also, look, what you might want to do uh, is before you come, do some research on the Lego website what the shipping is going to be if you order it online, then maybe I was uh, going to suggest you that. could uh, you know, look at the one at, at, at Downtown Disney, see what you like, make notes, order it at home. I'm guessing shipping direct from the company is going to be cheaper than shipping it from Florida. I would or, think so. Think maybe mm-hmm. even something like a Toys R Us website. But I, and but, worst, oh, case, but worst case scenario... I've never seen Legos at Toys R Us. Worst, worst case scenario, uh, there uh, we'll have to locate it somewhere. There is a phone number you can call to order anything that you find that's for sale on Disney property. But I think also... Well, that's actually not. It's for Disney. That's for Disney stores. It's, it may, may not be for Lego. Right, so for Lego. There's, I think there's things at um, Disney or Lego at Disney that you cannot get anyplace else. Oh, oh okay. They, they do have some special... So that's something you want to pay attention to. Yeah. But uh, I, would, I, I would do some research before I left home uh, to find out, you know... It might be double the price to ship it back to Australia. You may end up spending three hundred dollars with something that should have cost you one hundred um, and twenty-five. And the rest of it, awesome though. We still play yeah. with them. Rest of it shipping. Also, oh, hold on, Heather, go ahead. I happen to have a receipt in my wallet. Imagine I'm here. I've bought a few things, and there's a <laughs> phone number uh, for WDW mail order four zero seven. Oh gosh, Walter, you have glasses on. Can you read hold that? it across the room for? Hold on, where is it? 407-363-6200. Would you read that in your voice? <laughs> <laughs> your Count Chocula voice? <laughs> so, uh, that's, yeah, that's what I would suggest, though. I suggest make sure you're doing some research on, on what's available, what the shipping is like from the website. 
to, I think she said she was in New Zealand. Australia. Or Australia. Um, and be prepared for sticker shock. Yeah, they're expensive. Did she say when she's coming? I I she said, well, maybe I didn't hear it Because I was thinking, you know, when they open Legoland. That's going to be awesome. You know, maybe they're going to have something out there, too, that would. Should be interesting to see. Yeah, I would imagine. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for your emails and voicemails. We hope you enjoyed the show. That's going to do it for our show for this week. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes.